Thank you so much for the brand. I can't believe it's butter for sponsoring this podcast. I think you have a really delicious product. I have a hard time believing that what it's it, butter at what the same is time. It? Is it really butter? It tastes kind of strange. It tastes kind of like an oily thing. And look they, at it. I mean, it doesn't look anything like butter. They make it into like a liquid injectable form. Injectable? Well, you can inject it into your various dishes. Like uh, if you're basting a turkey or something, you can inject it. The thing is, is it tastes very strange. Apparently, they have some chemists who work at the company. And they've gotten standard butter and they've done something to it. it it's green they've changed the color of it they they have a whole video on their website about how they made some chemical that refracts the light or something i don't know exactly what they've done a lot to it but at, at its heart it's still butter i and guess very interesting i take the brand's name very seriously i do have a hard time believing that it's butter with most brand things like this i think it's all just branding and it's not really honest but in this case i really can't believe that it's butter you should be a spokesperson for them which is why they sponsored us i think you should buy this and i guess put it on your toast i don't think i think it looks really weird and you shouldn't do anything with it agree to disagree Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Hi. So happy to be here. Yeah. Happy to have you too. Oh, happy to be. Oh, you said that. We're happy to be here too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You guys are really interesting. Doug, our producer, has given us some information on you guys. What a character that guy. I mean, he's he's a kook. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's one way of saying it. He's free and he's worth every penny. I think what you guys are spearheading is pretty fascinating. You know, I'm going to talk about you guys a little bit. Doug wrote this little thing up. I'll read it and tell me if we make any mistakes. Great. Yeah. So, Dave, Wendy, you are chairs of the Co-Celibate Society, an organization for married couples that say no to sex, and strong advocates for a sexless lifestyle, which you have maintained for the last 15 years of an 18-year marriage, and you claim that it has saved your marriage and can save many others. So you co-authored two books, the first, Sweaty, Stinky, and Boring, Why Sex Isn't For Us, and The Idiot's Guide to Snuggling, both of which are available on your website. So... Let's just jump right into it. 15 years ago, you guys just said, you know what? We're not going to do this anymore. We were finding that our marriage had kind of taken a turn where we were so focused on the physical. We were no longer kind of filling each other's emotional needs. And it got really dark. I'm not sure if I can say this. There was a lot of Oh, you can say whatever you want to on this podcast. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, it's X-rated. Okay. That's that's great. That's going to help. Yeah. That's going to be important. Just so we can freely talk about a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you're in a safe space here. Thank you. So we decided for a while to take a break from physical intimacy, and we just found the change in our marriage was so palpable that what went from one-week break became a month-long break, became a year-long break, and 15 years later, 
later, we've just never been happier. I'll tell you what, it was three years of hell. <laughs> it started off three years of that marriage was a tough going. Am I wrong, Wendy? I mean, no, you're totally right. It's still hard to hear, but it was definitely the dark ages of our relationship. The dark ages of our wow. relationship. Did it start on the honeymoon? Yes. The pressure there is right away. I mean, yeah. the wedding I mean, night the alone. Re- the night, Everyone right? is chanting like, oh, you're going to get laid tonight. It's going to be a sex-filled evening. You're going to get laid tonight, sex-filled evening. Yeah, you're not even going to make it back all the way there before right. you're tearing each other's clothes off. That, I mean, that pressure can cause us some real damage. Let's take it even a further step back. Were you guys, prior to marriage, having intercourse? No, not vaginal intercourse. Yeah. Um, but we did experiment with some other forms of intimacy mm-hmm. in different ways. We were attracted to each other, but we had How could you not be? You're both attractive people. <laughs> yeah. I was actually quite surprised how attractive you were. Because how can you guys be in a marriage and you're this attractive? Liz and I were talking about it last night because we couldn't find... Well, I'm sure if we did a bunch of Googling, we could find, but we try not to do too much research. We just assumed that you guys would be really unattractive. Dog-like. Yeah, I was like expecting dogs. two whales to come in, mm-hmm. right? But you both are really fit and good looking. It's just probably a testament to the pressure that our society, which is very, I think, sex-centric. And you know what? I've always felt my whole life, and while I appreciate it's very kind of you to say that we are attractive, I really feel that a person's not attractive unless their soul is attractive. Intelligence, kindness, humor are always bigger turn-ons to me than how a person looks. That was another big point in our marriage is we lost sight of our inner selves and kind of reconnecting with that made me fall in love with him all over again. Absolutely. And same for me. You can't have sex between souls. Did you know that? I guess I kind of knew that. I mean, I guess souls can't procreate. Souls can't procreate. Souls can't. Souls don't have genitals. Souls do not have genitals. That's the key. I was hoping one of you were going to, what I was going to be, what I was going to say. Souls do not have genitals. So as much as you'd like to connect between souls in perhaps a sexual manner, it's not going to happen no matter how hard you try. We tried for three years. Do you think there's just a lot of soulless people out there that are just having a lot of sex? and oh, don't have souls, really? No, no, no. I, that, I We do not mean to imply that people who indulge in their sexual urges are soulless or bad people. You know, I mean, obviously we did that for three years and understand that everyone kind of has their own journey in love. It's not that people are soulless or that the sexual are soulless. It's that they are unaware of what their souls can do and be. And so you don't think that sex in a addition to souls connecting could be two birds with one stone. Here's what it is. Christmas is about Christ, but now it's about presence. Uh-huh. Souls and love is Christmas and sex is the presence. You don't need the presence. You oh. need the recognition of Christ. Are you Christian? I, no, I'm I mean, not it's Christian. It's an easy way to explain it because it, it's Okay, pretty, I see. It was an analogy. I'm just being dense. You never think of Christmas same now. When somebody throws a present at me. Climax. Feels improper. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're getting at. You know what I'm curious about? Because it sounds like you guys kind of stopped having sex and it was kind of like a, hey, let's take a week off. And that became two weeks, three weeks. At what point do you think you guys just embraced this as a philosophy? I mean, you guys wrote a book called Sweaty, Stinky, and Boring, Why Sex Isn't for Us. And I admit I haven't read the book, but I did read a summary that Doug wrote. It sounds like it's pretty stridently like you guys are spearheading a little movement here and a lot of people are really liking what you have to say when did it really occur to you that this was something that really worth sharing 
Well, within our community and as any community of friends or whatever community you belong to, we were hearing more and more of our friends who are married just talking about being mm-hmm. unhappy as, and some of that didn't necessarily directly stem in their minds from the sex that they were having, but it seemed obvious to us, but it didn't seem to, to them, you know, it's lack of communication, mm-hmm. it's separating each other because being together felt the pressure of sex as how we read yeah, it. Right. So you sort of casually bring it up over a glass of Chardonnay like you know this is something we're doing and people kind of freak out at first but if they're willing to buy into it and try it we were finding just our close friends their marriages were also getting stronger they were coming to us thanking us for our advice and you know I think that was when we were like you're we're kind really... of like reverse swingers you yes know? it's like you meet couples and you go out there yeah. and you try to convince them not to have sex <laughs> that is kind of what we're getting at next because I think a lot of people hear this mentality and think oh that's hippy dippy stuff I don't know it's I like think about hippy dippies right where they all get together and have sex Sure. And then you guys walk in, you're wearing Vans. And I'm like, what? I skateboard. It, you skateboard. I skateboard. And right. he's a bit. You're you're wearing like, a kind of. is that a bandana? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I saw, I was like. A look, I know. But... I thought we must have the wrong couple. Your a, body a... language shows there's intimacy. It's not like you're sitting on opposite sides of the room. You know, this is something we haven't touched on yet. Count that to the list. It... <laughs> is just because we don't have physical sex doesn't mean we don't still have orgasms. Oh. The the mind-body connection is a lot stronger than just the body-body connection. And, you know, I hope you'll forgive me for being personal, but I assume you guys have had wet dreams. Uh, have you had wet dreams? Not in a while, but yeah. Okay, and, <laughs> I mean, and you didn't have they someone were pre- there. They were a pretty regular occurrence at one point <laughs> in my life. <laughs> You didn't necessarily have someone there, you know, uh, doing anything physically to your body when you ejaculated or had an orgasm. And so even though we don't have physical sex, we're not sweating on top of each other yeah. or laying Stinky. there worried. You yes, guys have thank sex you. in the like, Matrix, mm-hmm. basically. The physical intimacy is not needed. Mm-hmm. It, the mind intimacy helps us reach climax together. So yes, we're still we are still close to each other. It's just on a different plane, different level than. Are other you guys people. talking to each other? Is that how you guys are like? Oh, we spend all know? our time together. No, but is it like I'm just trying to visualize in my head? You guys trying to dig into the yeah. how the orgasm happens. Sure, I have six or seven orgasms a day. Are you serious? Absolutely. Is that safe? Right before I came in here, wow. I had one. That's incredible. Yeah. Is it, uh, it's purely mental. It's a mental game. You start picking up on the energy of your partner and... Are you guys serious for real? You guys are really driving each other to orgasm just mentally. 100%. Because I was, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, how does that even happen? Are you sure you guys aren't from the magic castle up the street? (laughs) No, but we've been. And I could tell you that is a house of sin, but I'm not going to get into it here. What I am going to get into is imagine playing a game of chess. Like a literal game of chess? Imagine you're playing a literal game of chess throughout the whole day. And every time you make a move, you come big time. You're not making a move every second because you're thinking about every move. And each time you move a pawn or a knight or a bishop, big ol' O. Wow. I mean, it's throughout the day. Don't ever think of chess. So you're you're saying when you make a move, you orgasm or you can go both ways. Yeah. Wow. See, oh my God. We both, (laughs) (laughs) that's going to lead to something later. I'll tell you what. (laughs) You know, it's, I I don't know if you have heard of this trend, ASMR. I've heard that before. I can't remember what it is though. It's an audio. uh, Give him a taste. He's got headphones on. I do know what this is. It's like people get on and they just listen to these sounds. Yeah. 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 Like 
those sort yeah. of noises. Those can, um, a lot of people listen to them, they actually also will simulate an orgasm or orgasmic feeling uh, in people on different levels. Sometimes it's just a tingling on your skin, up your spine. Sometimes it is a full-blown orgasm, and that's an auditory orgasm. So you guys are just making these noises in each other's ears? Sometimes it's auditory. Sometimes it, it can be the lack of touching, the, the feeling of someone's energy being near you. All of that can lead to a, a, an orgasm that's kind of unlike any other orgasm that I feel other people experience. Do you look at each other like naked or is that gross, stinky and boring too? I just have to interject too. It's like sweaty, stinky and boring. It doesn't have to be sweaty and stinky. Like there are ways, like if, if that were... So you're saying it has to be boring? It could be in the cold. I mean, those so sweaty and stinky, sweat. those are very easy problems to solve, I feel like. It know? always was for us. It's always always sweaty. It always was. And I guess a lot of people lavender have... Lavender in the cold and not be bored. We really, we tried we so tried many it different all. things. Really? And this has been what's worked for us. And we understand it's radical to a lot of people. It's new. People are scared of the new. As you said, it's a, a sex-centric society. Sex sells. Sex is important to corporations. And so it's scary for people to hear that there's another option. But we also know there are people out there who are like us, who are so happy to have another option, who feel the same way. And we're in no way saying everyone needs to live our lifestyle, but we would hope people would attempt some time in using our system, living our lifestyle, because it really has so many benefits to a relationship. I'm using quotes, you can't see it, but like sex life, you know, the sensory, non-vaginal, or non-orgasm right. so it's it's experimental but we really encourage people to just try it well you have you have a six-week program rigorously planned and tested mm -hmm. and that you run on over 2,000 couples well it's based on our origins of this whole program I mean it really is a model of how it started for us so the first thing you do is you go into a soundproof room with your couple mm -hmm. and you just yell at each other for maybe an hour tops let it rip on each other. All the ways they failed you, every way that you've been disappointed in them. I should clarify this. It's not that we bring people into the room and say, now just yell at each other. But what we found with almost all members is that is what happens, is there's a lot of baggage there. And so it's a cathartic cleansing moment. We, we take them in saying, talk to each other, mm -hmm. but it always devolves into yelling, screaming. And then you can unpack it. If you put the baggage in the closet you can unpack it so you have to start from a place of honesty it's also kind of a test a threshold because two out of five couples that go in there will start fighting and end up having sex and we have to send them home on that at that moment so you just say this is probably not the right it's not like we're watching or they tell us we come in the room and we can tell you can just feel the precipitation in the air. And so we uh, tell them they have to go home. And if they want to try again in a few years, they can. But they're clearly not ready for the program. So then the, the week following that is a lot of um, intense daily therapy with one of our, uh, Chris actually is our, our trained specialist that works with the couples on the program. He himself has been practicing this program for five years with mm -hmm. his partner. And he'll help them as they unpack their baggage, get to the realization for themselves that sex has become a block in their partnership instead of something that is bringing them closer. Again, it's something that they have to be guided towards, not something they can be told. Mm. If you just tell someone they have to do it- They're gonna find, just drop trial and do it right there. Yes, we find that there is a big relapse 
But once they make the decision for themselves that this is what they want, they still spend another three weeks with two therapy sessions a week, but they are able to go back to their lives, continue on, try and reestablish normalcy within the confines of the program. And then they come back, we see how they're doing. And the last two weeks, they're just free on their own. We see how things are at the end of those two weeks. And um, couples who came in furious, on the edge of divorce, unhappy, are truly new people. Beautiful. It really is. What about if you want to actually have a family? Yeah, I don't What's know why gonna... I didn't think about that. The whole point of sex. Are you guys gonna have kids? Sure. We have seven children. Adopted, which I mean, not to soapbox, but everyone should adopt at least seven children if we want this world yeah, to go you forward. You guys are like Brad and Angelina, except they don't have sex. And we wonder why. They yeah, they broke up. They broke up. They were probably having super hot sex all the time. Well, she started adopting. Brad came. They clearly had sex. And then now look at them. I mean, what broke up Brad and Jennifer Aniston? Let's be honest. It was sex. sex. It was sex. It was sex. Oh, it was yeah. sex with Angelina. I mean, that's what it was. How many terrible deeds have been? I would say all. We've certainly found it to be all. I mean, in three years, the shit we did. I can't go back to it personally because I've we spent. We don't need to go back. Thank you. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can sense you're getting done. What? All I meant to say was if every two people adopted seven children, there would still be way too many yeah. in foster homes. So, so you know, I don't want to... seven kids, you should but you're, you're, time you're... for sex. So. That's the other thing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm teasing, of course. But... <laughs> we wouldn't even if we had time. That's the point. <laughs> Are the couples that go through your program equally as anti-birthing a child and they either don't want children or they've agreed to adopt or they are okay with sex just for procreation? Like, do you, are you okay with that, with some of the couples that go through your program? Well, I should say first that many of the couples that go through our program are same-sex couples. So the idea of procreation isn't even necessarily on the table between the two of them. We don't personally support the idea of sex for procreation. We find that it's a, a gateway into kind of falling back into old habits and all the damaging aspects of your relationship. But certainly there are people who do the program and do attempt to do that and have found success with it. We would say that there are other ways to either have an embryo fertilized. Again, there's adoption. There's just, in the modern world, there's so many different ways to have a child that there's no need necessarily for the physical act of sex. Hmm. I guess it's just playing with fire. Correct. So would you classify yourselves as liberal or conservative? That's a great question. Because at first I thought... Conservative, right? Yeah. Like, no I, I mean, it's, it's hard to... Well, you guys speak for yourself. Yeah. I would say we don't typically like to label ourselves with political labels. We tend to take things as they come. You know, I would say maybe a little bit libertarian. Our opinion is you should be able to do what you want. We don't want so much oversight. Like you were saying, again, I hate to harp on it, but because society is so sex centric, I don't want the government making choices for me about my sex life, my procreation, my body. That's for me to decide. So mm -hmm. can I just say, I just came. Wow. wow. Listening Duh. to Wendy break that down. I am not a political I guy. Even, you came? I mean, did... Uh, watching her... Break that down. And I was wondering why you're so quiet over there, and you're in fact shaking for a second. And I was like, <laughs> going to let him do his thing. That's the first in the studio, right? Yeah, Christian? it's the first in the studio. I think that's the first. I think that says it all. What I was able to get out of just that small interaction, not even the interaction, because there was no crosstalk, yeah, right? Wendy, were you aiming any of that energy over at him? Or was that just entirely self-inflicted act? You know, sometimes uh, they can be a little bit of a surprise. So I maybe wasn't 
purposefully doing it, but I do know some of his triggers, I guess. I won't say that I'm not excited to hear that. Yeah. That was uh, doing it for him. You, um, you guys ever had phone sex? Oh, yes. Yeah. And you, uh, just from talking to each other, you're just giving each other... Mm -hmm. And we don't, again, we don't need to uh, touch ourselves while we're doing that or anything. Just, yeah. just speaking to each other and our phone sex might sound different than phone sex you've seen on TV or movies or even done in your personal life. Sometimes it's similar, sometimes it's different, but yeah, we've absolutely... One thing before we go, you guys have been amazing. But we wouldn't invite the authors of The Idiot's Guide to Snuggling unless they could give maybe a snuggling tip. Maybe something that people don't, it's not the obvious. There's probably some obvious stuff. You want to skip right to page 72. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we are giving away the secrets a little. Okay, you know what? We'll give, you but ready? It's yeah, just to our listeners. It's just, just to our listeners, and they're going to get a link for the book, and it's going to help the bottom line. Everything sure. you need to know in three words. Yeah. Ready? Head to toe. Really? It's the ultimate position. Wow. It's lucky that you guys are the same height. Absolutely. But again, in our tests, it works across all genders, all sizes, all races, head to toe. I think our listeners appreciate that. I mean, they're going to be... We'll pull. we'll pull them, actually. Yeah, yeah we'll pull them. Right. Well, you know, and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll throw one more in. Um, he obviously gave the big one away, but um, this is just one personally that I enjoy. Um, Bonus round. I found it's nice to kind of be a little bit the opposite of your partner. I know I run very hot, so I'm always really warm when we're snuggling, and that is difficult for me. So I like if he kind of stands by the fridge for a little bit or takes a cold shower, and he gets his body really cold, and we get to kind of meld our temperatures together. I find that that just makes me feel so close, you know? And I think for him, because again, he runs a little cooler naturally. If I heat myself up, I go for a run, I get uh, extra warm. So I'm he'll, like he'll go in the cold bath. You'll go in the hot tub. And then, and then we're you like guys yin will, yang. will snuggle and he'll just drop probably several massive loads over the course of that entire like cooling and warming process. It's really, it's so intimate. It's really sharing a togetherness that's so okay. different from just temperature. Typical. It has to do with temperature. We'll, we'll pull the audience and yeah. see what they think about Great. that. So we'll see if they try well. some of these and we'll give yeah. them we some feedback. Do. Maybe we'll they can teach us feedback. a few things. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Yeah, you might come out with a version two of the book and have some new things. We're in there. still writing Reverse Swingers, so Reverse Swingers is forthcoming. Mm -hmm. um, like that that sounds like that. it's going to be more of like uh, you know less prescriptive, more like take a peek into my lifestyle. Mm, yes. Well, well, it definitely opened my mind up. Whole new idea on snuggling and sex and marriage, and I'm about to get married, so oh, I have congratulations. Yeah, I just think now, you know, I might think about it a little differently. That's great. Prudish news. So happy. Is the new orange. <laughs> With that, we're gonna let you guys go. Thank you for coming in. It was really nice meeting yeah, you. Absolutely, so our pleasure. Really, thank you. Dirty Apron is the food delivery service for those that like to get dirty in the kitchen, that don't mind high calorie intake, and that generally really like mess. All the food delivery companies right now are really on the whole healthy food train thing. But every now and then, your guard goes down. Every now and then? How about like every day? Like every now and then between 6 and 10 p.m., <laughs> I feel like gorging on some delicious food, and I don't care about the carb count. I want to get dirty in the kitchen. I, I really don't care if my food comes from an organic farm. I don't care if it's organic. I don't 
don't I'd care. I'd actually prefer it came from Paula Dean. Paula Dean is one of these people who everybody thinks she's a piece of shit right now, but her food is objectively delicious. It's also objectively dangerous. You know, she's also one of the main chefs for Dirty Apron, and she's basically the one that put this whole idea together. She's responsible for like half the recipes, and I think you'll definitely get a taste of Paula Dean because she's single-handedly keeping Lando Lakes in business. My God, she loves butter. I really appreciate it, and I'm really thankful that Dirty Apron has decided to sponsor us. Enter the promo code Liz and Christian Dirty, and you will receive half off extremely dirty meals. High calories. Dirty meals are better when you have some friends together. So get dirty. Get dirty. <laughs>